try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone. A certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. So here's the thing. Not only are we celebrating today, my 50th, oh my gosh, how amazing is that? Week 5 Um, we're also celebrating the 1% movement and uh, trying to to build that out right now and just build a tribe around it. And it's just been amazing. This morning online we had um, just so many different people at this table spending time, having conversations with people willing to, you know, do their 1%. So one of the things that I know is really awesome is that we're not on our own doing this. And there's awesome humans actually wanting to do some really cool things. So um, that's that's really awesome. And the other thing was, um, you know, although it feels sometimes like you're you're a unicorn, there are other unicorns out there, and I appreciate that. And knowing that I'm not the only unicorn out there was really good. And then on top of that, just... I mean, I've always thought of Gary as a unicorn. Well, that's what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> Us unicorns are going to together. Yeah. Unic- Unicorny, they call it. So, so one of... The things though, what was it that you said on your live around growth? What were the three things you said? Something growth. I really contribution. Like contribution. Badassery. Badassery. Yeah. Do you want to start us off? Sure. I mean, I just wrote a title for a. Post. <laughs> I know, but it's good. So, yeah, one of the things I love about you is you're always thinking bigger, and there's always another level, mm-hmm. and. So that's growth. And it's also not just about growing for growth's sake. It's growing to make a difference. And so you kind of balance this growth and contribution piece, which I think is very important. As you grow in your business, it's hard. And so you need a reason that makes it worth the hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes more money is enough, but mostly it's about who it helps and the, like the why. And they always say, like, start with why. The why is usually in the who, I think. And the who is like, who does this help? And contribution really matters. So I, I love the way you've always been focused on a bigger um, mission and vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a, a, you'd call it an out-focus or you used to call it an out-focus. Like yeah, I still do. I think, I think so when I talk about scale, I think scale often we get stuck because we are at the in-focus and the point that you actually can build something beyond you that's the outfocus. That's no, worth it. You right? can actually scale growth to a much bigger level. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. That's kind of that's yeah. nice I like that. So here's the thing that I do, and I'd love your thoughts around this, but I actually think, and, and one of the things that I'm really strong about in this community is around building the fact that we are actually to increase our economic growth, right? And the more you can do that, you actually are able to accelerate like contribution or culture change, right? Like that side of it actually happens. Do you agree? Do you not agree? Have you Absolutely. got thoughts around that? Who are you, you asking? Asked, I'm asking you right now. Oh, viol- violently disagree. Okay. Cool. No, I just wanted to be controversial. I know. Um, but I don't. <laughs> here's the thing. I actually don't mind. 
controversial <laughs> conversation at this table if you can back it up. No, so I, like I'm thinking about our, like in our business. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at the growth over 10 or 13 years or whatever it is, like there's like a grow and a plateau and a grow and a plateau and a grow and a plateau. And usually the jump out of the plateau is, you know, a change to model or marketing, but sometimes it's a change to a, a juicy reason. Yeah. I remember a few years ago we were end of the year thinking about like goals for next year and, you know, we do the how many clients do we want or how much, you know, revenue or income do we want to make. I'm like, you'd write those numbers down. Or I'd write those numbers down. And I wouldn't feel anything. anything. I'm just yeah. like, oh, why are we, like I'm doing it because you're supposed to do it because every business book ever says you need a goal. But it's like I never like felt any different. And then um, I remember Alex Sharpen wrote this planner and one of the questions that said like, what's the number that if you hit it next year, you would, would, it would be all worthwhile or something like that. I'm paraphrasing badly, but that was the big idea. And I was like, well, the only number that really matters is if we could get like 50 coaches to a million bucks a year. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah. That, like that's a yeah. hill worth fighting for or dying mm-hmm. on or whatever the thing goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably not dying, but and, uh, but we did. And um, so we worked our butts off all year. Yeah. And like we we hit it in the last the last day of the year. Um, and I thought we'd mm-hmm. failed. And um, but man, it just like it made the whole thing really juicy. And like I'm willing to bust a gut to help somebody out, but I'm sometimes not as willing to help myself out. where does that come from i got it from coach gary (laughs) really (laughs) conversation i just want to no in all seriousness where do you think that comes from like not wanting to help yourself um where does that come from i don't know i think i don't know like i think some people have like some people are really driven and like naturally vision people. I'm not a natural vision person. I don't like, I don't live in the future like you you do. Yeah, I love it. Um, but I'm like, I really care about the people in my world and mm-hmm. I'll do like, I don't know. I'll just do more for, for others than I probably will for me business-wise, I think. Mm, it's interesting. I'm throwing it over to you guys. What's your mm-hmm. thoughts around it? Well, well, here's what here's what I think um, is significant for all of us to get our arms around. Yeah. And um, I don't want to make this about talkie, but I happen to know something that I think is a perfect example of what we're talking about here. I can't think of his last name. I'm happy to take it. There's, there's a gentleman, Jason, here in our in our area that um, uh, works exclusively with. Um, People that operate um, hair salons, hair, hair salons. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say hair care centers, hair salons. Yeah, and it's late here, Taki. So we're we're, we're, we're we're struggling to keep keep awake. So you hair salons, and and I saw something on Facebook the other day where he was talking about going to a a group of people that own hair salons. It was like five hundred people he was helping. <laughs> making a difference with yeah. 500 mm-hmm. people. And, and, and just think about this. Get your arms around this for just a minute. It, it went, when yeah. people go to get certified and get licensed to, to work in a hair salon or a beauty center, they're not, yeah. they're not setting up because they're great business people. It's like, oh, I got up in the morning and I'm a, 
um, uh, I'm a really great business person, so I'm going to go open a chain of a bunch of hair salons. It's typically because yeah. you're passionate about helping people and making a difference. So if Taki is helping him grow from whatever size business he had, and now Taki's helping him, and he's helping 500 different people. It's ridiculous. It's it's a it's exponential exactly. growth, and it takes a it takes a it takes a community to lift a person up. I don't know if you're going to be able to read this. It's on my phone, and it looks weird. So this is a photo that Jason posted. When I started Black Belt, our first live event had 18 people. Now three to four hundred is what's normal. Don't quit till you get what you want. And so like I'm just pumped that uh, I don't know if you can see it or not see it. The light's like, pretty bad. You're exactly right. If Taki is out to help a whole bunch of people learn more on how mm -hmm. to grow their businesses, and even if it's just one person, Jason, who catches on, and Taki makes a mm. difference for that person, regardless of how much money Taki makes from the other other thousands of people that, that uh, contribute to that, if Taki can mm. help one person help 500 other people then it's it's a significant mm -hmm. impact on the entire world because those 500 other businesses are talking to thousands of other people. Right. And yeah, it's if, a domino effect, right? It's a domino effect, mm -hmm. but it's 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 mm -hmm. real on this phone call. It's real with the four of us because mm -hmm. it's not something that mm -hmm. Taki got up and said, well, I'm going to do this so I can make a whole bunch of money and then and yeah. so on and so forth. It's like helping people and doing his thing and and it does. It, it takes all those people to make up their mind. I'm going to follow Taki. I'm going to. I'm going to learn, or I'm just going to, you know, take the course and go home and do my own thing. So it's mm. it's it's the domino effect. It's such a beautiful thing because we don't know how many other people in the world are going to going to listen to us and and take the coaching and take the training and yeah. and 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 impact the world and. It, it, even if it's just for that one person, it's such a big, big impact. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I'm <laughs> sorry, Taki. I didn't mean to get you teared up about it. I was just trying to like <laughs> give an example of how this works. Every time we hang out, Gary, I get emotional. I'm thinking back to our first night sharing a hotel room in San Diego. That's because I make you pay for everything all the time. <laughs> and you're kind of wondering when I'm going to step up and say, Hey, it's my turn to pick up pick up the tab. <laughs> I think I think it's pretty even if you look over the years. Um, oh, yeah. Yes, Janine, you you maybe you've got something more value to add right now. No, I, yes. I, don't, I don't know. I, agree. I just I, I think what's occurring to me is that you know when you're in, when you're in the the midst of the grind of trying to make something happen, whatever it is that you're up to, or what whatever it is that you're you're called to it's easy to mm. just be in it right just to be in the thick yeah. of it and to lose sight of the impact that we that we really make and uh -huh. you know when you're an entrepreneur or um a philanthropist or someone who's wanting to build a school in africa you know for kids or or whatever it is it's um, it's important to to recognize um, that I guess just the multiplication factor, you know, like it's it's easy to just 
always think we need to do more, we need more, we're not doing enough or whatever. You know, Gary and I have this conversation uh, a lot of times because there are times when, you know, people reach out to us from, like you guys, from all over the world. And um, they're, these are extraordinary leaders and extraordinary people. And, you know, and they're impacting so many people's lives. And then Gary will say, gosh, you know, it, we really need to really think about the lives that we've impacted because mm -hmm. it's easy to lose sight of, you know. And uh, yeah. anyway, so I, I just I, I think that that's really what what we are really all up to, you know, is yeah. helping at least for us. It's like leaders of leaders. And I think Carrie Marie, for sure, you're you would fit in that category so so would you talkie you know um I mean, not as so, much as you I, I, <laughs> I, i'm not you know i'm just saying that's you know like it's it's significant it's important the lives that we impact you know if you start really looking at it my gosh a lot of lives get impacted you know when you can encourage another person to uh, to go after whatever it is that they're supposed to be doing in life, you know, and it's, it's, it's rich, isn't it? It is. It really is, you know. And speaking of which, since it is Carrie Marie's birthday, I've been thinking all day long, Carrie Marie. Um, I, I'm like, Lord, I'm not gonna embarrass this woman. I don't want to embarrass you online. <laughs> Well, then don't. But, but but I don't want to embarrass you. But I do, but I do want to honor you. And I but I do. But I'm going to anyway. But I do want to honor you. Yeah. And and so anyway, you know, you are like truly one of the most extraordinary human beings that I have ever met. And I and and I tell you this, and it is absolutely the truth for me, you know, and it's not until like other people, I've just always, I was so excited when other women and other leaders get to meet you when you're with me or you come here to California. And because it's like, they're like, amazing, you know, amazing. You, mm -hmm. you, you, you call you cause people to be greater than they could be on their own. And, and I, I just think we need more of you. And when, when you're, you're the person that's calling leaders all around the world to just do their 1%, like, it's like, it's so significant. And I, I just, there, it really, honestly, there just isn't enough for me. There really isn't enough honor there. I, I wouldn't know how to, um, how to really be able to relay enough of how I honor you. I, I, I honor, you know, all leaders that are willing to put themselves out there, but you, you're, you're, you're one in a, you are one in a, in a million. You're more than one in a million. You are an extraordinary human being. And I, I, would, I would, just, you're, you are, <laughs> you, you are, I, I, you really are. And I, I, I honor you. I admire you. I, I think you have, you know, you, you have, I use this word, you didn't understand it, but in a lot of people in my world do understand. And it's, you have extraordinary fortitude and fortitude just means I am going to push through. I am going to do whatever it takes. And I am not going to give up on what I know that I know that I know that I have to do. Yeah. And we need people like you in this world. And so you have been an incredible uh, 
inspiration and a key person in my life that always gets me from one point to another. It's so extraordinary that I can't even describe how in the heck you do it, but it's your gift to the world. (laughs) So I just, I love you. Thank you. And I will do whatever I can to, uh, to, just be there for you to support you in continuing on this path because the amount of people around the world that you're impacting and will continue to impact is remarkable and wonderful. And it, it's, it's worth everything. Amen. Hmm. Well, <laughs> firstly, I want to say thank you. And like, honestly, um, it, it takes it takes a tribe for you know like I can come up with all these concepts but without a tribe to make things happen it really doesn't happen and I think one of the things that is really amazing that I have seen throughout the work that I've done through the years is that the more that you work with other people the stronger you can be and that is one of the things with the one percent movement I just feel so truly. Um, grateful for but excited about as well is that you know one of the things with traveling I've seen the gap across the world from problem to solution really widen and I've said this to you guys I've said it before uh, to a few people in my world but I really Mm -hmm. have seen it widen and that we can lose hope if we look at that but what Mm -hmm. gives me hope And what is exciting and really uh, something I can really get behind is the fact that I don't have to do this on my own. I can come up with these great ideas of, oh, let's do the 1%. Let's get people, you know, thinking about doing their 1% shifts. But it takes a tribe to do that. And what I love about it is it will never happen with just me. No. It will happen because other people take this and run with it. And to me, that's how we narrow that gap from problem to solution across the globe. And because I've got six kids and grandbabies, I don't want to leave behind a world that is wide. While you were pointing at me, because you have them too. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just in case you forgot about your children. No, no, no. But, but in all seriousness, like. I don't want to leave behind a place that is going to, you know, create widening where there's problem to solution. And this brings hope to me. And and like I said, although, yes, it's great that I came up with it, it would never be here without people going, hey, I'm getting behind this vision. And this hundred to a thousand names is not to get names on the thing and, oh, this is so exciting. It's it's. I do believe if by 2052 we got a billion names on the the wall, as predicted as 10% of the population, that this actually could, and people are making decisions that are adding to the human race, not taking away from, Mm -hmm. that we could actually narrow that gap from problem to solution. But I can't do that on my own. I literally can't. And it's having amazing people. And that's why I go back to what I originally said, which was, I do believe those of us who have access to more to more money, more resources, more tools, that we, A, have a responsibility to do something good with it yeah. and 
we are able to accelerate cultural differences because we have access to it. And, you know, that is one of the reasons that I think we are a great team because on the other side of it, we are helping build people out with businesses and that is giving them the access to what they need to then go and do what they do. And that goes back to the growth and contribution, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they go. Yeah. 100%. But most people, lots of people, thanks, Gary. But here's the thing. Lots of people separate it. They go, oh, so you're all about impact. No, actually, I believe every decision we make has an impact, right? Um, and so even when we're building out businesses, how we do that is how we're building culture within our organisations. That's how we are making a difference, what we've got access to. Yeah. So the more we grow, the more we can give. Yeah, and the more we give, the more we can grow. I know. And how cool is that? It's epic. Okay, but here's the thing. You said earlier, and I want to ask that question around it. You said, I don't set goals. Yep. Tell us more about that. I always find this a fascinating conversation. Yes. Yeah. You're supposed to set goals because every book ever tells you, yeah, meant to. But like, I just did all the stuff. Maybe I, I thought maybe I was doing it wrong because you had to write them down. So I wrote them down and I didn't feel any difference. So then it said you have to write them down and read them out loud in the morning. So I did that and I didn't feel any difference. So then you, your next book said you got to write them down, read them every morning and visualize it. So I did that. And I, didn't feel, I was like, well, maybe, maybe I'm just not a goals guy. And years ago, I read this book. Never taken recommendation. And uh, it was a crap book with a really good title. So the title's all you really need. Don't read the book. It's not worth it. Um, it's called Stop Setting Goals If You'd Rather Solve Problems. And the big idea is like some people are goal people and some people are problem people and whatever you are, be that. And so like everywhere we've ever got, well, like on my side of things, you're very goalish and it's awesome. I'm a, I admire it. I don't get it, but I think it's awesome. <laughs> Um, we're like the yin and the yang they're yeah, so yeah. extreme like in the way that we think we'll do yeah. like we've achieved a lot of what people would call goals yeah. basically by figuring out what's the problem in front of us and solving it and then there's another problem and so you solve that and then another problem you solve that and eventually you get somewhere that other people would have set up as a, as a goal so it's like it's just an inside way inside out way of getting to the same place mm. but it's more aligned to you know so is it a goal or is it a result or is it just that I mean, the goal is to solve this problem i suppose no i don't it's not i don't have any problem with the word i just like there's nothing about goals that like i feel like i feel about goals the same way as i feel about tying shoelaces it's like yeah it's non-emotional it's like brush my teeth okay well that's good i brush my teeth now what like i don't doesn't move me so i'd rather do something that actually excites Mm. me and gets and I could like solve problems all day long. I find it yeah. really fun. So you set yourself a one percent shift. Do you remember it? I think so. Is that cool? What I wrote? Yeah. Or is it cool that I think I remember Both it? Both of it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um in in our world in Black Belt. Hmm. we help coaches make more money. We do. And uh, we track money in $10,000 a month blocks, and we call them belts, like karate belts. Hmm. A black belt is a million bucks a year, and they go like 10 grand, 20 grand a month, 30 grand a month, 40 grand, et cetera. And so we want every time we get together, three times a year, March, July, November, next week, November, uh, we want 
every client to go up a belt. Um, sounds a bit like a goal. It does. And Damn. that's why I'm asking. All right, I'm out. So, so, yeah, I would say that's kind of a goal. But, I mean, let's throw it out there, Sha. What are you, are you into goals? Are you not into goals? No. Do you set intentions or is it just another word that's similar? Yeah, definitely not into goals. I had people say you've got to do business plans. So I went down that whole rabbit hole and did business plans and never looked at it again. Yeah. Um, looked at it months later and went, wow, I actually tripled everything that was on there just because I did it from here, not because it said step one, step two. I can't work like that. Mm. Um, goals, I guess we set goals in the business. Of course, we've got, you know, magazines to fill. We're doing TV shows, whatever, whatever. But I don't, um, I don't set them in a way that's very structured and systemised and have a beautiful board or whatever and tick things. No, I'm, again, working more from here. Yeah. So I think that that intuitive call, definitely intention setting, say my intentions all the time, mm. ripening the flower, you know, all of that stuff. And I'm very much into that visualisation as mm. well. Like I've seen the launch of the, the book in yeah. New York, like it's happened in my head, it's done. Um, but not not very not structured at all. No. I'm the worst person to coach. I've had coaches say you are a nightmare to deal with because <laughs> we'd set all the, they'd set all this stuff and do it all, and I wouldn't do it. But I'd achieve yeah. everything or more. Yeah. But I just wouldn't do what was on the paper. And so I think I, working intuitively is okay as well, right? As long as you're getting the result and you're growing and you're helping people. And if it works for you, I guess finding what works for you. And I, yeah, and I think that maybe just that's the interesting okay. thing, right? Do you? But is that a goal? Is it not? Like yes. Our heads are cut off. Oh, they are cut off, and I'm not really sure yes. how you're with it, but you might lose all of us. Um, Gary, what do you think? Do you set goals? Um, repeat Gary, that again. I didn't, I didn't hear. Do you set goals? Um, do you set goals? Yes. yes. Yes, I would think you'd set goals. Big time. I think when I think Coach Gary, I think goals. I think hashtag goals. Hashtag I aspire goals? to be like Gary. Okay. <laughs> Joris, what about you? Do you set goals? Happy birthday, Kiri. Uh, thank you very much. How's Sydney uh, weather? Is it doing all right down there for you? It's really windy. I'm in Newcastle right now, but it's very windy. Okay. I would say I do have a lot of great relationships with goals. And I think it's, I mean, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I think you go from I don't have any to I have a few to I need to formulate them better to why is this not happening to them, you know, working against each other. Uh, and then I think it's an improvement in finding your groove with what works for you best. Uh, but like Gary, 100%, you do need them. But I personally find that the way you keep yourself accountable with them, the yeah. relationship yeah. you develop with the goals is key on whether anything is going to happen as a result. Yeah, yeah. What's working for you? I'm curious now. Say that again. How's, what's working for you when it comes to goals? Yeah, for me, like that's why I did this around the 1% shift, right? Like I could say, um, like, let's just do 100% your shift and what you're meant to do in life. Reality is it's so much easier if we do things. I, I think if I just say I do my 1%, you do your 1%, yep. Gary does his 1%, Janine does his, Josh does his, Michelle does hers, it's, it 
feels like it's more attainable when you do something like that. And yet what is interesting about it, because everyone is willing to do their 1%, it actually does shift the dial. Now, if I said to you, can you do 100%, I'm going to do 100%, it feels almost, well, I'm not perfect, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that, so I'm just not even going to attempt it. And so I feel like in a lot of ways, um, even the 1% shift for me is the sustainable shift. It's the thing that is the long term in my in my world. And I talk a lot about micro shifts. And I think that it's even the micro shifts that help us to do the macro, which is the 1%. Um, so I break it down even more. And I go, the 1% shift, if, every, if I look back at my life and I go, this is what I stood for. That's my 1%. That's what I want to be. I want people to talk about and go, hey, she helped, you know, this and did this, whatever it is, right? The micro is those things that are touch points along the journey that I go, hey, got a win. Yeah. Hey, got that. Yeah. Nailed that. Yeah. And I know that I am heading in the right direction. Forward, step by step. So for me, it's it's making sure that I do the micro mm -hmm. so that I can do the macro. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting in um, with people, usually your teams, everyone is afraid of, you know, performance will get better. And I use that 1%. I said, it doesn't matter. You know, we're here. And I think often people aren't very truthful with, with themselves on where they're at. So suddenly a goal or, or performance that's wanted becomes a huge shift or a huge leap because no one is honest with where they're starting from and not only going about where they're wanting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I get the starting from and, and that lack of truth, but is that because we are in a world right now, a society that there are norms or what is acceptable or um, what we have put as expectations on ourselves rather than going, hey, this is what I'm meant to do. This is who I'm meant to be. And I'm just going to keep going towards that. And I think, you know, one of the things, Janine, that you were talking about about me earlier was that's the thing that I think I do different to a lot of people. When I say that that's what I'm going for, I am. I just don't give up until I've yeah. done that. Well, that's like, integrity as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and I don't own anything until I deliver on it. And I'm not going to own it if I don't think I. So here's the same thing with the 1% movement. I fought with even bringing this out into the world because I knew I would have to own it. And that meant that I would have to come and be a voice yes. and get out of my shower, yes. my bubble and and bring there's people no to together yeah. there's nowhere yeah. to hide right yeah. and that but there again integrity right if you say you're yes. going to do it do it yeah. or don't say you're going to do it and so perfect example you said you're going to do it you yeah. shared it with me when we yes. spoke last year <laughs> that's right and, and i heard that i went oh she's going to do that and mm. that's why when you said come up today i'm like yeah a couple hour drive i'm coming i'm going to yeah. be here because i want to witness what you said and you've made it yeah. a reality mm. and mm. this is a start and we will all look back at this time i promise mm. you in years to come and go we were there at the start yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's going to go, and it is, it's about all of us doing our little bit, our yeah. 1%. That's what is going to shape our, our new world because let's yes. face it, the world we knew blew up. 
And yep. so this new yep. world that we're all a part of and we're stepping up into mm. and, you know, the world I live in around the feminescence, it's about connecting into that essence of who we are. Mm. It's, it's, it's inviting us all to think bigger and play bigger. And it takes incredible courage, Karen mm. you have to know, like, you know, there's not many people out there that play at this level mm. globally so publicly because, yeah. you know, it, it can go really well and it can not go so well and it's a public fall or it's a public win. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people sit back and go, yeah, no, not doing that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's I think a lot of people are being comfortable with what they have or what they don't have. So the minute you have a goal that's out of their comfort zone, that's why you've got the friction. Hence why you get the one percenter playing at that level. And then you get the rest of the population that has been comfortable for whatever reason. As you were saying, Kiri, society we live in, it has become comfortable to just do whatever we do. The expectation, the levels, everything's dropped because it's easier. And also to some extent, you know, we can, people are more malleable in this way. Mm. It's great courage and integrity and jumping out of your comfort zone to have such a goal and see them through. Yeah. Comfort yeah. is a big, big shoot. And yeah. they say the magic is outside of the comfort zone. What they don't say is it's also scary as all hell, yeah. right? Because yeah. the comfort zone, we've lined it, we've furnished it with everything we love and mm. we're safe there. Mm. And so when we step out of that, it, everything is new and every every boundary yeah. you're pushing now is different and you don't know what it looks like and what's on the other side of it, but you're doing it anyway. And that's yeah. true leadership. Mm. Absolutely. Mary, yeah. Mary, have you got some thoughts around that? Do I have some thoughts around it? Oh yeah. my god! No, he's awful quiet for the for the. For the <laughs> Are you I have a lot of thoughts about it, and I, I'm, I'm going to be brief because it, it's a complicated subject. But um, at some mm -hmm. level, we're talking about the difference between commitment and the goals and expectations and ideals. So, um, as all of us have said, you know, people have great intentions sometimes and they say, well, I'm going to lose 30 pounds or I'm going to get 10 new clients or I'm going to build my business up to a certain point. But are they really committed to that? And what Kerry Marie uh, talked about, which I think is really significant for those of us that want to set um, goals to achieve, there's a, a lead goal and a lag goal. The lead goal is, is how many how many one percent uh, people can I get? And the lag goal is the ultimate one thousand. So it's one at a time. It's a little step this way, that way, a step at a time. And it depends on how you're measuring. You know what what you're measuring for. You can measure for a lot of different things. And and um, uh, one of the things we talked talked about um, forty five minutes ago is making a difference with people and uh, 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 one goal could be just ha having that one person get it, really get it deep in their heart and make a difference. And that person goes on to be a governor or a senator or a president or something like that. And everybody else, everybody else didn't get it. And you work really hard to explain and work with and to coach and to yes. help and support 
people and they didn't get anywhere, but that one person did. did. So good. And that one person made a difference for thousands. And so mm-hmm. we we would consider ourselves failures because 99% didn't make it, but that one person that did mm-hmm. made all the difference in the world, literally. And mm-hmm. that's 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 what's significant. Um, mm-hmm. And how you want to look at goals, but that's what's really powerful in goal setting when when it gets to that level. Yeah, so it can't always be about the numbers, you know? Yeah. No. It has to impact in different ways. Yeah. We have a saying, it's not about the numbers, it's about the numbers. You know, it's, 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 not, about, it's not about the numbers, but if the number is that one person that, that creates the numbers, then you get um, you get the res- the ultimate results, you know. So for you, Gary and Janine, why is the one percent important? The one percent doing your one percent shift. Why is that important? Make sure yeah. I what you meant. Well, it's it. Well, for me, it's honestly, I just live and breathe purpose. It's just. It is the essence of the human that I am. <laughs> so it's almost like I can't do any other thing. And I think there are some of us out there. I wouldn't say we're the majority by any means, but I would say some of us just truly feel we were born in this world and we we have to go after that divine purpose we were put here for. And that's just how I'm wired I think many, many of us who are at this kind of a level, you know, Carrie Marie, that's, that is how we're wired. And we're trying to figure out what it all looks like, but yet you can't get away from this is who you are. <laughs> right. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So for me, so for me, there's a lot of significance in, in the 1%. Because I feel like the people that we're all looking at on the screen here and the very, very few people that are close to Janine and I are in a 1% sure, absolutely. conversation. And so mm-hmm. there, I, I, I say to Janine all the time, Janine says, well, why does this person do this? And how come this other person doesn't get it? And why does one of our daughters um, um, disappoint us in, in certain ways or whatever? And I said, because... It's one percent of the people that really are committed to getting it, and you yeah. even have to say to yourself sometimes. You have to say to yourself sometimes, "I I don't get it, but I'm willing to keep going after it until I do get it, until I do understand." You know, yeah. you know, so you can say something like, "I'm all in," but but you're are you really all in, or are you just saying that? And when you when you feel that you're all in, yeah, then 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 you know. But in the meantime, you're moving in the right direction. You're moving in that direction. You're committed to that direction. When you're committed to it, ultimately you, you get there. Yeah, yeah. and you know, it's, it's interesting because I've thought about, you know, we all have these days where it's like you've tried to get whatever that next thing, big thing is that you're working on to happen. And you'll you just you just get so stretched that you just are like, I am so done. I just want to throw in the towel <laughs> and we'll yeah. have a day like that. Right. And at least I, you know, 
it's not too often, but when you do, it's like, it's kind of ugly, you know? And, but what happens is always for me is I wake up the next day and I go, who the hell am I kidding? This is not I just had to just do my thing and freak out for a day and say, I'm going to throw in the towel. I can't do this anymore. But then let's get a reality check here. No. But but Janine, on that note, I mean, that's 1%, right? Because if it was that easy, there would be so many more people doing it. Like, that's how I think of it, right? Yeah. So. So how how do you keep real to the bigger? I think this is an interesting conversation, uh, the longer-term sort of goal, aim, thing you're working towards, whatever that is for you. For me, it's a sustainable solution. It's like for me it's the long-term thing. And what I have learned in my world and those that play in the 1% are the ones that can keep hold of a much longer and bigger dream. Yes. And a vision, unwavering, unwavering, going, this is where I'm going and this. But what I'm also interested in is how do we narrow that gap from that one that can do that, Mm. the long term, to the one that sort of looks at the short term fix, which is most of the population, by the way. Microwave world. And how do we narrow that? Because what is it that you think that you can hold on to such a bigger dream? Mm. Mm. Well, I, I think, think it. Oh, please. <laughs> it, it jokes to what you just said, Gary and Janine. Uh, I think it's directly linked to that inner knowing, that unearthing of the essence of the reason why you've happened to, you know, live on this earth at just such a time, uh, yes. to have gone through the experience, to have collected everything that you are and you've become. And there's a deeper knowing which is very hard to explain from a rational way where the numbers, as we were seeing, Gary, do no longer matter because it's so deep and ingrained and it's a force that comes from the invisible that pushes you, that says, this is the head in this direction, keep going. And whether you have six months of no client or three months of staying with a problem or a complete having to surrender to what the hell is going on, the the difference between if you're doing it for the quick fix or if there's something much, much deeper for longer. So I think it's linked to that for some of it, maybe not everyone, but, uh, and then it's the articulation of, okay, what do I have within me that's going to be of contribution to our outside world here? And then it just flower blossoms and then it sticks and then the numbers start to matter and you can use them to see how much of an impact you're having and how much you can contribute with your 1%. Yeah, powerful. Yeah, you, you, you said something very much in the direction of what I was going to say when, 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 <laughs> when, when you had said, well, how do we get these other people to actually get on board? And I think part of that is um, quite honestly that we haven't done a very good job uh, in this world of really, um, how do I say this? really honoring humanity in a way that has them know no one else can do what you do. No one else can be what you are. No one else can ever, no matter what, do what you put in this world to do. And when, if people can get that, then they can stop 
eating, they can stop looking at everyone else and they can just say, how can I truly become all that I was meant to be and fulfill on my destiny? You know, um, and I, I just, I feel at least for myself, who I am, that that's me honoring God because yeah. he came here to do something. And so that I, I just think that's just the bigger picture, the, 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 the honoring of ourself and when we honor ourselves in that kind of a way to really honor the fact that we breathe, to honor that we have our own fingerprint in our own DNA and that we are so uniquely designed and made. And that includes our purpose in this earth. So that's just... I, I just, Janine, wow, like kindred spirit thinking, honestly, I talk a lot about your soul's fingerprint, like your fingerprint is unique, but your soul's fingerprint is it. And, you know, we all have different backgrounds and there is no race. Mm -hmm. And I put an analogy up only a few days ago. My husband bought me, who's here, this is Russ, <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> and uh, he bought me a bunch of lily flowers, which I love, yeah. and all of them bloomed except one. And I trimmed and did everything. He, She wasn't ready to bloom, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, all the rest bloomed and died. And this one decided it's my time. And I had to write a Facebook <laughs> post because I thought she didn't care that the others had bloomed and gone. She was ready to bloom when she was ready. And boy, did she stand out. And she literally filled the bars with her bloom because she could spread her wings. And I think so many of us in life and in business, we constantly compare and compete. Yeah. We go on Facebook and we look at these perfect picture photos, right? And we go, oh, look at their life. But two seconds before, we were fighting and arguing and they took the one selfie. And, and I think we all have this gift, you're right, you know, and we can't compare uh, my Indian background, my story, everything, you know, not having any formal education but achieving so far what I've mm. achieved. It's about who you connect with. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. those one centers around the world that we're all connecting with and together when we're ready we will grow and we will bloom yeah, yeah. i love that. Yeah. yeah hey gary i want to give you a chance um we i'm going to bring you in the convo in a minute but i just want to give gary a chance to say whatever you need to and then i want to love and release you too because i know it's late over there Thank and you. um but and but before I give you a chance, before I give you a chance, Gary, I do need to say one thing. This book would never have happened if the lady beside Gary didn't help me design this book. And um, you know, she is such a blessing to the world, and you are a very, very talented woman, and I am so grateful you are in our world. And this book, she worked effortlessly and we, while she was even really sick to help me get this done for this launch. And, um, you know, it is amazing. Um, in, in three weeks. So, um, you know, I, I take my hat off to you because I know I am not the easiest person to work with when it comes to <laughs> I am like it, when I said about go <laughs> away, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Others have noticed. 
Thank you, Michelle. Hey, you know, you have an extraordinary team because you're extraordinary. If you're extraordinary, you have to have an extraordinary team to be able to even think on remotely on your level <laughs> to, to represent yeah, so you. Thing, like, you got to understand when I say I'm difficult, I mean that, um, <laughs> that I, my, my thing for it is, hey, Janine, when you think of entrepreneur and design, fashion designer or um, artist, all have a baby. That's the book that I want to produce. Oh my God, no um, <laughs> yeah, and I am very, very, very proud to hold this today, and I look forward to the the official one when we get it done over in the US. I'll be um, on it tomorrow, my This is very, very awesome. Today, beginning to. Um, put to the table so thank you Janine um, I wanted to do a shout out to you because girl it would never have got together um, without you and on top of that then you know helping me to make sure I had the postcards all here uh, yes I'm so happy I so can I just say really quickly I just want to say uh Carrie Marie thank you for that and I was saying to Gary um earlier that I was so excited because, you know, you and I have known each other for a number of years at this point. And, and, you know, when we've worked together in the past and I have admired your photography because it comes from a place of love. It's just so, it, it's like, I don't know, it's part of your DNA and it truly is part of your brand and your brand should be part of your DNA. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so in past years, I've wanted so much to see this. And so when I was working on your brand again, after the last several years, you know, the new evolving Curie Marie, I was just like, so, so excited. I said, you cannot separate your photography from your brand. It, it, so that's what really honestly made me so, so happy about about being able to do what we've been doing the last month. Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks. Oh. Um, uh, it's just, it's such a privilege to be able to, um, and a joy for me to bring my my creative side with my strategic side. And, you know, I get to play on both sides of my brain, um, and which is kind of freakish for most people because most work on one side more than the other. Mm. I'm strong on both sides. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in my business world, I get to work with a lot of growth and strategic and analytical and database-driven things. But to be able to actually bring in my artwork creative side, it has been such a thing that I've always wanted to bring in on the brand. And um, so it's just being able to elevate it in a new way. So for me, thank you. Uh, that was the best way to bring in my 50th was to be able to bring my work not yeah. just what I'm doing here in this way, but in a creative way as well. So, um, um, you know, being able to help me to do that as well. Oh, I'm thank you. I truly, I'm so honored, and I'm I'm really truly over the top that that you are at this place because, man, I mean that the possibilities are are so endless. You know. Um, when, when you get to that point, when all of us get to that point, when we're not holding anything back about who we are meant to be and, and the, you know, just that whole journey. And it's part of your journey. It's part of you as a globetrotter. It's part of, 
the way you see thing and that see things and that's why I love some of your funky photography that's sideways and upside down and all this stuff. It has to be part of your brand because you just don't see, you don't see things like other people see it. You see things in such a extraordinary, unique way, and I love the lens that you see the world through. And that's why I was just so excited. It's like, yes, yeah, she's ready. <laughs> I never forget when Janine said to me, I've got it. And I go, what do you mean? She goes, everything that they taught me about design, you just do the opposite. Roll out the window, you know. So I have to to do her design. It's very true. And so it's, it's, it's. Isn't that the way for me, for me, part of my training of what I teach and what I'm about is, you know, that we need to look through different lenses. So for me to be able to use the lens I can for a camera to create moments and to take it in that moment and then to be able to put that through my work. That is what's been so powerful because I'm so visual as well. To be able to use a visual with the words um, is, you know, just such a joy to be able to mix those worlds. Anyway, Gary, I want to hand it over to you because I know you need to sign off. Um, You're you're a spring chicken who needs a sleep. But here's the thing. Gary gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Very early bird man. Yeah, it's it's getting later now. So, yeah. So, so Gary, happy, happy birthday and good night. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Here's the thing I've never known Gary to never have any words to say. And, and congratulations on your book and your birthday, and, 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 and may God bless you for another 50. Thank yes. you. And I just want someone to pop around. She's not going to come near us, but just come in the background and say hello. Uh-huh. Who wants to say hello to you? Uh, oh, 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 Are you going to do the? You're going to do the pose for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, big love to you too, oh. and thank you for being a part of it. So proud of you. Thanks, my love. Talk thank soon. You. Bless you guys. Bye, all. Bye. Bye, Bye, y'all. 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 Bye, y'all.
Uh, I don't think we're seeing the true depth of people anymore. Oh, I agree. I like mm. I like to tell stories. Yeah. Okay. I like to tell people's uh, journey, and I like to dig deep to find out about them. I've just been speaking with gentlemen outside, mm. and just to draw out what what helps them form their opinions in yeah. life. And what we're not doing at the moment, we, we haven't been sharing our journeys through to our children mm. and sharing and mm. leaving a legacy to others so they, they've got something for their family and their generations beyond to go and read. And I think it's really important that we get mm. back to history and we start leaving history behind for our for the, for the next generation's uh, to, to be able to look at. I mean, I, I, I my, my own father passed away at age 80 and I was actually astounded how little I knew about yeah, him. Madam. And yeah. it was because I didn't ask. Mm. And, and my brother and I have had this conversation many times. Gee, I wish we actually asked oh. what Dad did. And, mm. and we learned stuff at his funeral. Yeah. And we're turning to Mum said, did, did Dad do that? Mum said, yeah. Yeah, right. Why didn't we Sad. do that? So and I made up my mind that day that I will I'm writing a book just for my five kids. Okay, yeah. Right? But I also I write stories of wow. other, other guys anyway, and we've got series of show knows about this. But um, and it's all about so our children and their mm. children will know who their fathers and grandfathers were. I, and I, I focus more on men's stories because yeah. they tend not to tell mm. unless they're asked. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And that's something now that I've, I've really started to focus on and, and I'm getting great enjoyment from it. Mm. And if we can get people, more and more people to tell their story, their yeah. actual story, and then we'll know. Mm. I love that. Future mm. people will know who these men were. Doris, what do you got to say about that? Um. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting because I had, uh, you know, we all have a relationship with family and I le left mine probably, well, no, 20 years ago this year uh, to come to Australia. So I, I think there is a blendy or nothing that has generations. My parents or parents were not the into their emotions compared to... <laughs> Doris, so you, sound like, you sound like you've either been possessed by something or you, you're it's the same. by a robot. So, so a little bit demonic about it. Have you it, been it's drinking coffee? No. Oh, Welcome maybe, back. Can you hear me? Oh, really? Maybe you should. Uh, is, is it better now? Yes. yes. Yeah, it is actually. Okay. Yeah, something was up even when we were talking before with the audio, but hopefully it's it's the bandwidth. Hopefully it's back to normal. Um, yeah. So I was saying it's 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 interesting because I think the previous generation of my parents and grandparents, they were not they didn't grow up in an environment that was conducive to sharing emotions or talking about feelings or things that are deeper than. BAU, so to speak, even if it's weird, but I feel like the family unit was very BAU, business as usual. What is to be done today? Tick, 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 tick. And then, you know, everything needs to happen versus let's connect. Let's understand each other. Let's create the environment that this child needs to blossom, as you were saying before with the flower. Do you know what I mean? I think it was all about cookie cutter for most family. You get fed, you do your homework, here's some things, uh, you know, I give you shelter, I give you lights. Um, so it is very interesting because on the opposite of the other end of the spectrum, 
nowadays people want depth or they're craving for more depth yet there's such a divide in between either receiving it or being ready to receive it and the whichever forms it comes yes. wow. yes. I mean a, a lot of my friends a lot of my mentees even just for feedback at work unless it's seen wrapped in, in a bowl what did you say I think you said, sorry, I thought you said minties, you know, the lollies. <laughs> a lot of my minties. I'm like, oh, wait, where is this going? That's a new analogy. So, yeah. <laughs> you, you've got to keep it fresh. Um, so, <laughs> so I think that everyone wants it, in a, you know, wrapped into some kind of gift and ready for the way they're ready to receive it. And I think that's one of the misconceptions and, and, the road that everyone has to navigate nowadays uh, because, you know, while they want the connection, then depending how they get it, they're happy or not, which is, again, another take into what you were sharing um, and wanting to know more about your dad and so on. But I have a lot of people around me that they're struggling with connecting with their family or they're not equipped to do so as well, I think, more so. They, they don't know how to reach out or how to have the conversations where... It's crazy because we are human <laughs> living, you know, there's a lack of humanity within our humanness, which prevents us from truly deeply connecting with the people that are closest to us, from which we owe our own DNA and fingerprint and soul prints that we wish, as we were sharing before. Yet, you get a father and a daughter or a son into the same room and you say, have a bit of a DNM and talk more than BAU. And they both freeze for most people, not, not, every, not every family, but for most people. So I think the next 10, 15, 20 years will be extremely interesting. And I think to go back to Kiri and the, and the 1%, it's going to be like a vacuum kind society between the top, bottom, and the middle, including in people that want more. Did you like that? Yeah, yeah, I'm very... I'm very. It's so bad putting my hair. <laughs> I feel so well I when I've been this one. Maybe this. We just want to kind of go. I know. <laughs> it's the health following this strategy. But okay, I'll, I'll take that. I'm just in a brain. Washed up. I didn't say we grow up. <laughs> It just sounds like a real robot, and like you're talking this real deep I stuff, and I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm like, even even in my concentration, and I'm really listening. I'm like, I don't know about you, but I can't hear. It. And the next minute, I hear, ah, I'm like, yeah, nah, she can't understand it. Doris, this is what I live with. I I do feel for you. I do feel for you. <laughs> um, just can you repeat that last <laughs> little bit because I literally couldn't hear it when you went up to this it went <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's so, literally how it sounded <laughs> I think if, if we look at organisation and businesses worldwide there's going to be a vacuum seal happening where small company are going to be acquired by the big one so there's going to be an effect going up and then the people finding themselves in the middle are going to want to go on, you know, the van life. I want to be a solopreneur. I want to be a coach. And they're going down to 
solopreneurship, then massive ownership of large corporation, and nothing in the middle. There's going to be a huge gap. And I think with the work that Kiwi is doing, it's going to be very similar. There's going to be a huge gap in between the one percenter and what they're after and the contribution. Then nothing in the middle. It's going to become like deserts. And then at the bottom, it's going to be people completely lost, searching for things, longing for things that is not coming. And I think with what's happening and, you know, for example, just Twitter or social media, it's just heading in a direction which is very interesting. So my next question will be, what can we do? How can we yeah, show up? Like, okay, you're telling me this now. This is our problem we see. What do we do about this? Or how do we narrow that? I always talk about narrowing the gap because if, if I just say, how do we fix this? Then it becomes like bigger than Ben-Hur, right? Like, and we just go, we can't even go there, right? And again, it goes back to the micro versus the macro and, and working towards. And I go, so how do we narrow that, knowing that that is a problem, and, and start moving towards? Because I think that's the important thing. I'm going to say, while you guys are talking, I'm going to say goodbye to these two if they come around here. Mm -hmm. So oh. thank you so much Happy birthday. and being a part of it. <laughs> By the way, because of this amazing woman, I got to go in a helicopter. Sorry, Joris, back to you. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, how do we... I think one, one thing we can do is to make sure we don't avoid the conversations. I think yeah. too often, even within our friends, with our friends, our family, our co-workers, we see something... And it's yeah. easier to just keep quiet and then not say anything. And that's, mm. I think, not helping because it's been pushed away. There's not an opportunity to exchange. You know, your reaction straight away was, oh, my God, let's talk about it. What can we do? Yeah, yeah Other people, a lot of people go, oh, that's too big. Uh, that's, that's, that's 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 yes. Whereas I'm like, bring how do we on. get in there? <laughs> <laughs> Let me at it. <laughs> okay, so we see a problem. <laughs> but then I go, my first point is, what is the actual problem we see? Is there anything that we see as a solution? Okay, if we don't or if we see parts of it and then I go, who are the stakeholders we need to have a conversation mm. to have that with? Like, correct. Mm. Um, and that's where I go with this whole 1% movement going, this is not something I can do on my own. I cannot solve the global issues across no. the globe uh, all by myself. No one. But I can with a whole lot of people Definitely. coming in and doing Adding things. Correct. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, I always say is what is that problem that we're seeing in this case, that problem that you um, absolutely identified, then who would be stakeholders that we would invite mm. to the table to have a conversation mm. around that? So who would we invite? Mm. Because this is how we're going to see change, right? Like we have got to start coming up with ways. We talk about having a different conversation. We talk about having more depth and, and deep conversations. It's really easy to identify problems. It really is. Mm -hmm. Anyone but what I'm not hearing a lot of right now is people coming to, to the table with the solutions or willingness to even mm -hmm. entertain that maybe we could take ownership of that. Do we need to include all generations Include our children mm. as young at, at a young age, so they become involved in the conversations that matter. Yeah, and and to see how they're thinking, getting getting them to ask questions, asking questions that they're probably not mm. confident, not willing to ask. Give them the environment mm. to do that. Mm. 
bridge that gap. I love that. Absolutely. And our children, I mean, our children, Russ and our, my children, you know, 29, 25, 19, but our boys, 25, 29, we sit down and we learn so much mm, from them. Yeah. Their level of thinking there, it's just so different because they've grown up with social media. Yes, it has its downsides, but the, the tap into the internet and the knowledge that they have that I certainly didn't have at their age yeah. They do think differently, and I, I agree. I think at the table we need all ages and stages yeah. of life because we get those different perspectives. We also need people at the other end of life yeah. that that we can tap into their wisdom, and then we need the up and coming and everyone in the middle. Yeah. And I think that's where we can start to shape our new future and, and start to bridge that gap mm -hmm. and, and narrow that divide between the 1% and everyone else because we need all of it. It's not we're not going to fix the world, you're no. not going to fix the world, no. Russ isn't. It's all of us together. Yeah. And that's, I think, the mindset we need to. There's not one person. It's all of us. Giving them a platform to ask their questions. Yes. yes. A safe space. A, sa a safe yeah. space because lots of questions we, we probably should have asked when we were younger. Mm. We didn't have the confidence to ask, too afraid to ask. Uh, there was no way I was, there was allowed to ask it. Afraid to. I wasn't even allowed to. Maybe even afraid of the answers. There was we're, consequences we're if I asked questions. If you put your hand up, who do you think you are? You're a child. Yeah. I'm like, can I have an O? Yeah. yeah. Down, down girl. Yeah. Yeah. Down girl. Down girl. <laughs> so it's a, it's, it's a great so point Indian. you make, Joyce. <laughs> it's a great point you it make. It is, Joyce, yeah. Yeah. Um, Wow. It's, it, it, it's fascinating, but I think it's also trying to understand the environment. So, you know, the, the bigger environment. So for my parents post-World War, you know, what did happen? What was the focus of society of human? The human wanted to survive, they wanted to rebuild, they wanted to get back to a certain level of living. And then I think then there was a turn that could have been taken, which no one did, and everyone went like shit, you know? It was about, you know, uh, like, yeah, let's go. So then, it, it, yeah. and then a few people were like, oh, we can benefit from this. Let's benefit from this. And the rest went just kept on going nine to five, nine to five, nine to five. And the dumbing down of, to some extent, you know, an entire generation, because there was, as you say, no conversation, no questions mm -hmm. asked. Yeah. Yeah, or the great American dream, you know, the your or the Australian dream. A house, yeah. a high picket fence, the dog and a kid by age twenty-three. You'll be happy. That's all you need. Yeah. We we often question that. Oh, all the time. We we question that, Char and I, about that. What is is that great Australian dream still current? Mm. Does it need to be current? Who decided that? Yeah, and who decided it? Russ and I, for 30 years, have lived our life like someone left the gate open and, and we've been judged, right? We've been judged. That. It's like it's you best. travel, you don't have a house, you don't. Yeah, but that works for us and yeah. we're so happy and we're about to run away from home yeah. again and, and every few months we'll know the next few months and then the plan is no plan and we'll, we've already had some people going, do you think that's safe? Do you think, yes, because it works for us. Yeah. And so who decided that that was wrong or right and along the way we're going to find great people and find answers to questions we have and who's to say that's wrong and I think that comes back to that whole just do you, like just do what works for you and your life and your family. Yeah. And the rest just doesn't matter. And then find your tribe of people who go, which we have, going, yeah, go you. Talk yeah. to me when you're in Austin, Texas. Talk to me when you're here. You know, and it's not it's not wrong. And we've, we've gone through stages in our life together where we have 
live that normal expectation, life expectation of others more so. Mm. And we do that, but then we look at each other Boy. and we say, Mm. Is this really for us? No, yeah. suburban mom. It's just not me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really that one either. That. I'm never good at that. Nothing wrong if that's you and you've chosen that. But if society has chosen it for you, yeah. maybe question and say, if someone opened the gate to your life, would you still do what you're doing, yeah. or would you run away from home like we are? Yeah. <laughs> someone, a good friend of mine, we we chat every week. He asked me, he said, "What do you think you'll be doing in five years?" <laughs> and I looked, I said, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, we don't like, like, in all honesty, I, said, I don't know where we'll where be. Where will you be? Don't know. And that's what and, we love about our yeah. life. Because we he, don't he's laughing and said, I thought as much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, and here's the thing that I think is interesting about the whole conversation we're having here. Even if you look at who's been on here, on this, on this table today for the 1% movement, go for it, by the way. <laughs> Comfortable as. Oh, it's really late. Um, but, like, we, we just had um, Hanalei on, and how old is she? Oh, she's Michelle? Still there, 15 now. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, we've had Ethan on here today. Yeah. We've had Gary on here. He's probably at the older end. We've had, you know, like we've had all sorts of flavors of different people. Mm-hmm. One who's made mega money on here today, and, you know, the other one that maybe has made very little money, but is so giving in their world or whatever it is. And, that is what I mean by having different stakeholders at the table. And I think, you know, and we've had a lot of conversation around this today going, um, you know, the unicorns in the room. For me, it's the pioneers, it's the innovators, yes. it's the cutting edge humans that are willing to lead and, and lead I am pioneer away in which sometimes it's uncomfortable, but we've got to learn to be comfortable with it and mm-hmm. be willing to navigate the uncertainty but be confident in it and I just think if we bring people to the table I want people to know and that's why I said when you when I saw you come into the door you already have permission to be at this table you don't have to ask to come over here come and sit at the table like it is not I am not going oh it's not your turn yet come Mm. at the table no we have got to already assume at this table As part of this community, you have permission to be at the table. Now, going to one of the things that you said, one of the things that I'm really strong on is using your platform because I believe whatever you do have in your hand, the 1%, right, is then you've got to take ownership of that. Mm. And what is your platform you've got to use now let's do it in a way that's going to be beneficial to the human race. We have to take ownership of that. I always say our yeah, decisions are decisions that, um, you know, a lot of the time in the past I think expectations have been that others have directed your life. But your decisions are your GPS to the rest of your life. And, you know, what I can do is I can take ownership of what I can do. And I think if more of us are willing to take ownership of what that is and then use our voice to and the platforms that we have and get the right stakeholders at that table, then we are literally going to change the conversation. And that gap that you speak of, I hope that that never becomes a truth in this tribe. Yeah. Because that is definitely not what I want to see here. But that comes down to us going, hey, you are different. Great, you're fit and perfect. Yeah, exactly. Here. Yeah. All right. You're a misfit. You're a misfit. Oh, that's Welcome. the best. Yeah. 
Okay, so you don't yeah. really go with the norm right. because that doesn't work for you. Fantastic. You're a maverick. All right. And I think it's when we can do that well, Joris, that's when we can we can see change and we can see, but we have to be willing to bring a different culture and build out a different culture. And that comes down to us going, hey, I get that if we do it this way, it's going to build out that and there's going to be this gap widening. But that's not acceptable. And I talk about this in the book, right? The one percent. I talk about the seven non-negotiables in this. And what I believe around those seven non-negotiables is that they are the culture that we're building out here. And I'm excited that when people are doing their non-negotiables, that that's like if you want to be a one percenter, do your non-negotiables and that will build out a tribe. You can. <laughs> People that come at the table are allowed to. I'm going to. Yeah. Um, so, Joris, we are finishing up in this moment. and um, But what are, you, what are you taking from what you've had in this conversation today? Um, it was interesting. It's I'm taking things on different levels. Good. So, yeah, it was interesting to hear Gary and Janine as well share. Um oh. And I think there's, as you were saying, it's all about making sure there's a commitment, a personal commitment to the 1%. What do you do with it when you have it in your hand? Uh, yeah. What your platform, if you have one, or if, I mean, we all have one, but it's about, okay, how does that articulate into our world to make sure there's a real contribution and we move forward. And I like the fact that, you know, the awareness about the environment we're fostering, including now in the 1% movement, uh, as we were yeah. saying, everyone is welcome. Regardless where you're at, regardless whether you're already a unicorn or you're on your way to be one, um, everyone has the ingredient and this, that's necessary for what's been cooking here in this room and around the table. And we can all share and you know fuel our souls and really show up. So I think that's yeah, that'll be it. Yeah. Love that. What about you, Ralph? I've been listening to you speak about stakeholders. Mm. And is it true to say? In, in this movement, everybody is a stakeholder. I believe so. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So how do we encourage more people to understand that they are, in fact, a stakeholder in their future rather than just accept mm. just accept what's happening in the world? Correct. Be Step forward. Mm. So and how take, do we? Stake your place. How do we encourage? And it's got to start with the newest generation. Mm. Kids. Which goes back to that conversation. Yep. Mm. Love that. What about you? Yeah. I think there's a lot of things that have made me realise that there are still cultural things that I hold within very deep within me, being that Indian girl waiting for permission to step into truly who I am. And I mm-hmm. think that finding more of my people within yeah. the 1% movement is going to allow me just to, rather than sit and wait to be invited, just to walk on in. Yeah. And what's the worst? You could say, we'll get to you in a sec and I go sit down. And so I, I believe that the more that we have conversations like this, we are giving permission to, to others who haven't been, uh, haven't come from backgrounds where we're taught to just get out yeah. there and go forth. And so the more that we do mm-hmm. that, generations to come, we will have so many more confident leaders at a young age. I'm 51 and I'm starting to learn this now. Mm-hmm. So imagine if we were teaching our youth this stuff and our teens and young adults to be that. Mm-hmm. The world won't look like it does now in, mm-hmm. in a, you know, 100 years. 
So kudos to you um, and happy birthday. And, yeah. and the 1% movement is, that is amazing. You know, thank you. And I just want to say what I'm taking from this because I think what you, you challenged me in the fact that you were like, hey, I see that this is going to be a big gap and I want to make sure that that is not a big gap here in this tribe that we're building out at the 1% movement. So I bring on that challenge and I take it and that is not going to be our data going forward. So I love you, Doris. You have been awesome. Thank you. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.